I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Value is simply what something is worth. Work on your game. 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 Approaching the game aggressively, with that aggression, with that confidence to dominate a game. Dre Baldwin, DreAllDay.com. Work on your game. My next live event called Work On Your Game Live will be taking place January 21st and 22nd, Miami, Florida. The two-day event will be covering leadership on day one, communication on day two. But let me tell you what's more important than even the material I'm going to give you on those two days because you already listened to my show. You've read my books. You already know about me. You know I'm 100% substance all the time. No fluff, no garbage. But what's even more important than what you're going to get from me at that Work On Your Game Live are the people that you're going to meet. I get people coming to me all the time asking, Dre, I need better quality prospects. I need to build a network. I need to make connections. I want to have better and higher quality relationships. How does that happen then? It does not happen through your phone. It doesn't happen through social media. It doesn't happen on Facebook. It doesn't go down in the DM. You need to meet people face to face, person to person, eye to eye, look people in their faces and shake hands where you are physically in the same space as them. That's where real relationships get built. And you ask anyone you know who is very successful or a person you know who makes a lot of money, whatever you consider to be a lot, I guarantee you they have a whole lot of in-person, real-life relationships. Doesn't mean they don't use the phone or computer, but those relationships get built and the real money gets made when face-to-face interactions and handshakes occur. If you want to be one of those people and you're ready to step up to that next level, you need to go to where the relationships and the connections are at. And the next place they're going to be at is in Miami, January 21st, 22nd, and work on your game live. Go to workonyourgame.live to get all details, register your seat, and I'll see you in Miami. That's workonyourgame.live. All my coaching programs are now open at workonyourgameuniversity.com. We have the self-directed learning where you can get access to 37 plus courses. That's over 2,800 lessons that I have created over the years. You can take them at your own pace and you get lifetime access to all of them. That's one level. The next level is the group coaching programs. I have the Bulletproof Mindset program and the branding and business program where you get live Zoom calls with me where I do a training and an open Q&A and you get the community access, member only community where you can make those connections and build relationships with other people who are on the same journey as you and are like minded individuals that are just as serious as you are about working on your game third level is the third day mastermind. That is the only place that I offer one-on-one coaching. That is for higher level professionals and entrepreneurs who want the personalized direct attention straight from me, not part of a group or working with me one-on-one. All three levels, you can get access, you can get all details, and you can get started by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. That's workonyourgameuniversity.com. You are now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically in the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, techniques, wrote a bunch of books, and all under one umbrella of a unifying principle philosophy that is called work on your game. 
My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how to make yourself valuable to other people. I think this would be a useful subject for any of you who wants to sell, if you want to sell a product, if you want to sell yourself, if you want to sell an idea. You need to make it valuable to another person, not just valuable to you. Of course, we know it's important to you. That's why you're doing it. It's why you have it. It's why you're offering it and talking about it. But how do you make it valuable to somebody else? I think this is something that even though maybe you understand on a, a basic level that this is something that you need to do, have you really thought about how to do it? I'm going to help you think about it here today. Now, before I do that, let me tell you, I send out a daily motivation text every morning that I know that you want to receive. So all you need to do, since you already have a phone, is text me on my text number right now. Number is 305-384-6894. Once we confirm you, you'll be getting my daily motivation text. I do send other texts out there as well. So just stay tuned for those. They'll be coming, again, straight to your phone. No normal text messaging rate supply. You can you know, leave out at any time and all of that. So text me. My number is down below also in the show notes. Now, the topic here today, how to make yourself valuable to other people. Understand that when people buy things, and this includes yourself, when you buy stuff, you don't pay for the price of it. You don't pay things based on their price. Now, you might think you pay based on price. And maybe sometimes you might consciously say, oh, I got to buy this at this price simply because maybe it's a cheaper price or you know, a better price, whatever. Usually, we pay for value. Most of the purchases that we make as consumers are paying for value. Even if you're not spend, even if you don't have a ton of discretionary funds to spend, you are still paying for value. You still have a story in your mind of the value of what you're getting for everything that you pay for, even if you're buying stuff that is relatively cheap. And if you have a lot of discretionary revenue to play around with, you are always making buying decisions based on value. It is not really based on the actual the number after the, the dollar sign, the price tag. Value is simply what something is worth. That's all value means. So if you want to raise your value in life, all you had to do is make whatever you're offering, whatever you're doing, worth more value. In episode 1344, I talked about diversifying your value delivery. In episode 1343, I told you how to solve problems in life and add value. In episode number 1601, I told you the value and the power of perception, how raising, changing the perception that other people have of you or anything that you're involved in can change its value very easily. In episode number 1764, I told you the truth about how to extract value from your life, even if you don't have a ton of experience. In episode 1768, if you need to make money, I told you how to raise your value in the market. And any of you who wants to raise your value in the market so that you can make more money off of whatever it is that you offer, listen to episode 1768. It'll help you out a whole lot and it'll help you out very quickly. I, I promise a very quick return on investment from that episode. So value is just what something is worth and worth is relative to the person. So I might think that this candy bar is worth $2 to me because I want to eat it. You might think it's worth zero because you're trying to stay away from eating that kind of food. So worth is relative to the person. You don't tell, you do tell other people what your thing is worth doesn't mean they're going to buy it. Now you just got to find the right person who also agrees with you. And that's when a sale commences. The value of bottled water, for example, goes up when there aren't any faucets or water fountains around. So someone can sell bottled water for a lot more money. For example, any of you ever go to a a stadium or an arena for a sporting event or a conference or a concert or something like that. 
we all know, especially here in the USA, it doesn't happen at all stadiums and all arenas, but a lot of stadiums and arenas. And I'm hoping that this changes very soon, that they will gouge you on the price where a bottle of water inside of a, a stadium or an arena might cost like four dollars, even though that same bottle of water would go for it would be in a pack of 32 bottles of water for like three dollars at the local grocery store. But they'll sell the individual bottle for four dollars inside the arena simply because there's scarcity. You can't get it anywhere else. Well, they might have a lot of bottles, but they make it scarce by charging that price. And if you want that water, then you have to pay that price. That's the only choice that you have. Or you could do what I do, which is go to the water fountains inside of those venues. But if there are no water fountains, there usually is. But if there are none, then they can gouge you on that price or they'll charge you $12 for a cheeseburger and fries and the food isn't even good. It's not even quality food. Why is this? Is because you don't have any other options. So the value of something can change just based on what's available and how bad you need that thing, even though there aren't too many available or they're only available at a certain price. So the value of things also, on the other hand, it goes, they go down when they're easily replaceable and or they are not distinctive. In other words, they become commodities. So the question is, how do you make yourself valuable? How do you make sure that you are not easily replaceable? Another word for that is fungible. And how do you make sure that you're distinctive, that you stand out from everyone else who is out there in your space and maybe offering something similar to what you're offering, or at least it appears to be? Or how do you change it so that people don't think that what you're offering is similar to somebody else? Let's get into that. Point number one, topic once again, is how to make yourself valuable to other people. First thing you got to do is give people what they want. If you want people to give you what you want, you got to give them what they want. And that's a simple paraphrasing of the late, great Zig Ziglar, who was famous for saying, if you give enough people what they want, you can have everything. And I do mean everything that you want. Simple as that. When you give other people what they want, they will, in exchange, give you what you want. Right, this is a very simple equation. The challenge for us as humans, as natural narcissists, is that often we only think first and last about what we want, and we don't really think about what the other person wants. This is a mistake that many of us make in selling, is a mistake that we make in persuasion, is a mistake that we make in influence, is that we're only thinking about what we want, and we have our entire conversations with people around everything is focused on us, you as the person, the individual, instead of focusing on, on the other guy or the other girl. If you focus on the other person instead of focusing on you, and this is kind of like a it's kind of like a Jedi mind trick you have to learn to play on yourself and you have to do it consciously for a little while. But eventually, if you do this often enough, it will become a habit and you'll start naturally thinking about all right, how can I frame this conversation around the other person's needs? And you'll start doing this naturally without thinking about it. When you get good at doing that, then you will still get what you want without even having to talk about what you want. Without having to talk so much about yourself, you will get people to want to do things for you, want to give you things and want to cooperate with you, even though 95% of your conversation has nothing to do with you. It's all about them. So this is a habit that you can pick up. And if you want to learn from someone who is really good at this habit, go find somebody who's good at sales. And I guarantee you, they're already doing this naturally. Find anyone who's a good salesperson. And I guarantee you, if you read the stuff that they write, you listen to the stuff that they say. If you just you know, listen to them, have conversations, read their books, you know, watch their videos, whatever it is that they're doing, anytime they're trying to persuade somebody, you will notice. And most salespeople are always trying to persuade you, even if they're not actually offering you a product. They're, all, they're always trying to persuade you to something. For example, on this show, you just look down the, the titles of every episode of the show. Every day, I'm persuading you to something. 
I'm not always trying to sell you anything, but I'm trying to persuade you to understand this concept. Look at this way of thinking. Look at this idea. Look at this perspective. I'm selling you on the idea, even if I'm not selling you on a product. Good salespeople are always talking about the other person. They're talking about the person who is listening to them, the person who is reading them, the person who is watching them. They are not, they don't spend much time talking about themselves, even though it's all coming from them. So give people what they want. Sometimes what you want to give somebody and what they want from you are the exact same thing. Sometimes it's just perfect alignment. I want to give you this candy bar for $2. You want to buy a candy bar for $2. Perfect. The sale is made. There's no friction, no objections, no challenges, no nothing. It's just very easy. It's not even, you barely even call it a sales process. But sometimes it doesn't work like that. Any of you who's in sales, you know, most of the time it doesn't work like that. We love when it does work that simply, but most of the time it does not. So if you want to be valuable to another person, it'll be best for you to swallow your pride and your expertise sometimes and just give people what they want. Because sometimes what a person wants is different from what you actually want to give them. And at that point, now there's friction, at least in your mind. Okay, you want to give them X, but they want Y and Z. What do you do? If you're a smart person, you can not only give them what they want, but also give them what you need to give them, which is might be more what they need. Kind of like that giving medicine to a dog metaphor that I've talked about here before, that you give them what they want, which is the treat, but you give them also what they need, which is the medicine. So the expert, expert salesperson, when you get to the expert level, you're able to do both at the same time. And they, the person, doesn't even know that you did it. Now, again, hopefully the thing that they need is the same as what you want to give them in the first place. You shouldn't be selling people things that they don't want or need. That doesn't make any sense. That would be unethical and you won't be able to do that for long because eventually people will realize they don't want or need what you're selling them. They'll stop buying from you. Now you got to go figure this whole game out all over again. But at the same time, and we're still in the same idea here, at the same time you're giving people what they need, you want to, again, this is expert level stuff, let them believe that you're giving them what they want. So someone might, you know what somebody needs because you're the expert, you're the salesperson, right? You're the person who knows, you know a little bit more than they do. Now, you're meeting with your prospect. You know that they need A, B, and C, but your prospect tells you, hey, I want D, E, and F. Now, you understand that even though they may want D, E, and F, the only way they're going to get the outcome that they really desire is to have A, B, and C, but they don't want A, B, and C, even though they need it. Your job is to sell them and give them D, E, and F, which they asked for. All right, this is not, you're not deceiving them. You're going to give them D, E, and F as they ask for. But at the same time, you also will figure out a way to give them A, B, C, and D, E, and F all at the same time. And they don't even realize that you also gave them A, B, and C so that they get what they wanted. That satisfies their surface level desire. But at the same time, you satisfy their long term need for results by giving them A, B, and C, which is what they actually needed. But they didn't believe that. So there's a conflict between what someone actually needs and what they want. Your job as the expert is to figure out how to communicate to them in such a way that you're giving them what they want while at the same time giving them what they need. There are some people you'll be able to just tell them, hey, look, I know you want D and F, but your actual need is A, B, and C. So just get A, B, and C instead. And they'll say, oh, thank you for clearing that up for me. Let me buy A, B, and C from you. That will happen maybe once out of 100 times. The other 99 times, you're going to have to figure something out. And that's your job as a salesperson. If you read my book, The Seller's Mindset, I can give you some mentalities around figuring that out. You can get that book by going to workonyourgame.com slash books, where you can see all of the books that we offer here at Work On Your Game, all listed there at Seller's Mindset, being one of them. So if you want to be valuable to another person, 
swallow your pride, give them what they want, while at the same time being wise enough to also give them what they need. Because human beings, any of you, again, have you taken any sales courses? You've been to a sales training. You ever read a book on sales? You hear anybody talk about sales? We know, especially in Western society, we do not buy things that we need. We only buy the things that we want. And when I say buy something, again, does not necessarily involve money. It could be as simple as cooperation. All right. Getting someone to cooperate with you is a sale. Getting someone to listen to you is a sale. Getting someone to agree with you is a sale. You are making sales at all times or you are not making sales at all times, but we're all trying to make sales all the time in our lives. Some people are just better at it than others. So the first point here is give people what they want. Point number two, today's topic, once again, is how to make yourself valuable to other people. Number two, be or do something for people that they cannot get anywhere else. Represent to them something that is scarce. They cannot get it somewhere else. And they still, but they also you know they have some desire for it, whether they want it, they need it, but something that they can't, they can't just go get it in another place. Now they, you pretty much narrowed their choices to only you. And this is what you want to do. And this is what the arenas do. If you go to, let me see the last arena that I was in, last time I was in a really big stadium, where was I at? I was at, uh, damn, I went to a Miami Marlins baseball game. Uh, down here in South Florida. And I didn't buy any food. I usually don't buy food when I go to sporting events because first of all, it's not quality food. And second of all, they, they gouge you on the price, like I said. So if I buy anything, I might buy some candy or something like that. But let's just say at a place like that, I did walk around the concourse. I didn't buy anything, but they had the usual, you know, they'll have like a, a cheese steak and fries combo. It'd be like $17 or something like that. Now, if you're in there for three hours and you're hungry, then there are no other options but the cheese steak and fry combination or you get the burger and fries or the, the chicken fingers or something like that. That's all they have. And they charge $17 for it, even though you know it's worth probably about $6. You're probably going to pay the 17 because in that venue, in that space is actually worth 17 simply because they named the price and you have no other alternative. So when you have no other options, when a consumer has no other options, they'll pay whatever price that you tell them. And having no other options is not necessarily a negative thing. I'm framing it in a negative way, the way I'm talking about this Miami Marlins experience. But let's just say you're a coach or you're a trainer. And there are thousands of coaches and trainers out there who are teaching on the same subject that you teach on. But you are unique in such a way. And what you offer is so different from what everybody else offers, at least in the eyes of your prospect, that they know you are the person. They will be willing to pay whatever price you set, as long as they can afford to actually pay it. This is what I mean by being or doing something for people that they cannot replicate. They can't get anywhere else. This is your job in creating. And what I'm explaining here, what I've been illustrating, even when I'm talking about the Miami Marlins thing and what I'm talking about with a trainer or a coach. So we call you a USP, which stands for unique selling proposition. Even at the Miami Marlins stadium, they have this cheap cheeseburger and these nasty frozen fries and they're selling it for $17. The unique selling proposition is the following. You can't get anything to eat anywhere else in this place except from our concession stands. So if you want something to eat, it's going to be $17 or you can starve. That is a unique selling proposition because you do not have any other options. So the question for you is, as a salesperson, what is it about you that makes your offering different from anyone else who may be offering something similar to your offering? So if you're a basketball trainer, for example, and there are 50 other basketball trainers in town. What about you as a basketball trainer separates you from the other trainers? You want to take some time and figure out what your answer is to this question. And I'll give you a hint. 
one thing you can do is go ask the people who have already bought from you because there was something about you to separate you from other trainers and ask them directly. Say, look, you know I'm not the only trainer in town. Why'd you hire me? And let them answer the question. They will tell you exactly why. And you, whatever they tell you, you should keep that in mind and use it the next time you're talking to a prospect who might buy from you because they need to answer the same question that your, your previous customers already answered. So use their answers to sell the next person. One version of this and that all of us have seen before is what we call a testimonial. A testimonial is a person who's already bought product X saying something positive about product X in hopes of persuading the next prospect to buy product X. So since you could buy product X from you could buy a similar product, let's just say from a different person or a different website or a different store. Here's why you should buy from here, because look, look at you know, Miss Jones. She's just like you. She bought it. Look at Mr. Smith. He's like you. He bought it. So that's the purpose of a testimonial is someone who already bought telling the next person who might buy why they bought. There's you as a salesperson, you utilize these. All right? People usually don't just give testimonials without being prompted. So it's your job to go ask for these things. And this is a way, again, your customers can help you figure out what your unique selling proposition is. So you don't have to pull this out of thin air, folks. This is something that you can get straight from the, the horse's mouth, so to speak, from people who have already made the decision for you. So they will help you out if you ask the question and if you ask the right question. I just gave you the question. I'll give it to you again. Ask anyone who's ever bought from you. Say to them, listen, you had other options besides me to buy from. Say that to them. They know it. Or you're not, it's not a secret when you tell them that. You had other options to buy from besides me. Why did you choose me instead of every other option that you had? Then shut up. And then whatever they say, write it down. And then use that the next time you're talking to somebody who might buy from you. That right there could make you a whole lot of money in sales. and I'm not even charging you for it. So being or doing something that people cannot get anywhere else. What is it about you that makes you different from somebody who might be the same? Miami Marlins, again, they're inside that stadium. It's not them. It's not the Marlins. It's the concession company that they contracted with or whatever. Their unique selling proposition is you can't get this anywhere else. You literally can't get it anywhere else inside of this stadium. You could get it. I mean, if you leave the stadium, then you're going to miss the game, right? So the whole, their selling proposition is there is no other option. We have eliminated all other options contractually. So for example, as I said, if you're a fitness trainer, if you're a basketball player trying to make the basketball team, if you're a company who wants to deliver food on Uber Eats, there's a whole lot of options in all of those spaces. You are not the only one. It's not necessarily a negative thing because when there are a whole lot of people trying to sell in the same market, that means there is money being made in that market. That's why there's so much competition. So don't be upset when you see a lot of competition in a market. And don't be excited when you see no competition. When there's no competition, it's probably because there's nobody making any money in that industry. And that's why there's nobody else competing against you. So you're in a, a market that there's no one in. It might be because there's no money there, but you can find out for yourself if you wish. How do you make yourself, this is the question, when you have a lot of competition, how do you make yourself stand out from everyone else who is similar to you? Now, I know you and your, again, our human narcissism, we look at ourselves and say, well, nobody's like me. Look, I got this difference. I'm different this way. I'm this way and this way, this way. Understand that other people aren't looking at you in such detail as in the way that you're looking at you. So your job is to get a clear, easily understandable difference between you and everybody else. Not the detailed one that you know about because you know you, but everybody else doesn't know you, nor are they thinking about you nearly as deep as you are. So what can you say about yourself that separates you in a way that other people can understand in a, a pretty quick, neat, neat way? 
because they don't know you as intimately as you know you. Can you make it clear in the mind of another person who is going to give you like 30 seconds of attention as opposed to you who's giving yourself 30 years of attention? You understand the difference? This is the crux of selling in a crowded field. And again, when you're in a crowded field, be happy because that means there's a lot of money to be made. You just got to figure out how you're going to get some of it. Moving on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is how to make yourself valuable to other people. You need to enmesh yourself into the minds and worlds of the people that you want to make yourself valuable to, i.e. your customers, the people that you want to serve. Enmesh yourself. You need to get into their heads, get into their world, find out exactly what's going on in their mind, in their world, in their thoughts. In the marketing world, they say, know your customer better than your customer knows himself. That's your job. Why this matters is because the better you know your customer, the person whom you wish to make yourself valuable to, the better you can meet their needs, the better you can anticipate their needs even before you meet them, and the better you can sell them more of the things that they will need because you already know exactly what's going on in their world. You know what will help serve them. You know what will make them happy. And you know what will get them to spend more money because you know more about them than they do. All right, so you're basically in that other person's mind. You're you are living rent free in their heads, all right, not in the way that most people use it. But I'm saying that to say you are just so enmeshed in the way that they think and what they need and what they're doing and what they want and why they're making the decisions that they make. This just requires you to dive deep into whomever you want to serve. You got to figure out who they are and then you got to do the work. Do the legwork to figure out what the hell is, is going on with this person or with these people. This is all a part of your market research. This is all part of figuring out your avatar, figuring out your target customer, all of this stuff. These these cat's phrases, or maybe they might not be cat's phrases. Some of you never heard of them before, but those of you who have heard of them, this is the work that you need to do to figure this out. And let me give you some help. Again, I'm going to give you some help to help you figure out how to do this research. Go find the person or people who match who you want to sell to, and then just ask them if they would allow you to ask them some questions. Then just ask some questions, let them answer the questions. And then with the answers, you have all your research done. So you don't have to go and figure this out and pull it out of thin air or pull it off of Google. Go and talk to the actual human beings. All right? Talking to people is a novel idea. I understand. It might, not be, it might not be normal to you. You're used to doing everything through a feed and through a phone. But actually going and talking to human beings will give you all of this information as long as you ask questions and you ask the right questions. So you want to get into the heads of your consumers and know exactly what is going on in their world so that you can make them happy and you make people happy. They'll do whatever you want them to do for you. And everybody wins. So if you want to see a great example of a company that has enmeshed itself with you and your life, I'll give you an example. Look at your smartphone. A company like Apple. They have enmeshed themselves into our worlds. And I'll give you an example of how and why. How hard would it be, those of you who have iPhones, how hard would it be for you to switch from an Apple to an Android? Now, on a logical level, it actually wouldn't be that hard. You would just go to, I don't even know where you buy an Android at. Right, you go to the Android store, wherever they, I don't know, wherever you get Androids from. I'm sure I could figure it out in a quick Google search. Best Buy or something like that, or I, maybe I get on the internet. I go to the Android store. I buy me an Android, right? So now my Android, I have an Android in hand. I got an Apple in my left hand, Android in my right hand. I could switch them over, port my number over to the Android and all that. But the challenge is when I really think about it in the bigger picture, how hard would it be for now the Gmail doesn't sync 
the same way with what's on my phone and I can't you know, unlock my Apple Watch and can't unlock my Apple Watch with the phone anymore. And then the watch won't unlock the computer and everything's not synced up the same way, like the calendar to the phone, to the watch, to the computer. And it just becomes this whole big, messy thing to the point that I'm like, you know what, this would be too much work. Let me just stick with my iPhone. How hard would it be for you to stop using Gmail and the associated Google products that are actually, those are no Google products. So let's say if you had an Android, maybe it'd be easier if you did, if you are a Google products user, I use Google products, but I have an Apple phone. So maybe if I got an Android, it might be easier with that. But the Apple product stuff, I actually like the convenience of that as well. So I deal with the little bit of extra steps I got to take with Gmail and Google stuff and Google Docs and all of that on my phone so I can stick with the Apple products. It'd be great if one company just bought them all and they just put everything under one umbrella. But it's actually pretty seamless overall, at least in my experience. But if I had an Android, maybe it'd be a lot easier. The whole point is Apple has enmeshed itself in such a way that it would probably be very inconvenient for you to switch from an Apple to an Android or Android to an Apple, even though it doesn't mean it's impossible. It doesn't mean people don't actually do it. How hard would it be for you to, for example, stop using a social media app that you use all the time? How hard would it be for you to stop using Instagram or TikTok or Facebook? And again, I'm talking to those of you who use it all the time because those you are the power users. You are the ones that are so deep that you are the, the target customer for those apps. I'm not talking about those of you who only use it once in a while and you look at it like, man, I should just delete this app because you don't use it that much. I'm not talking about you because you're not really the deep buyer. You're not the one that they're after anyway. But those of you who use something really deeply, how hard would it be for you to stop using that thing? Think of the things that you buy a lot and that you use all the time. It would be hard for you to stop using them because they, that company that sold, that you, sold you that product, they got so deep into the mind state of where you are and what you need and what you want. They gave you all the things that you wanted and got their hooks in you so much, it'll be really painful for you to stop. So really good products, especially in something like software, which I'm using as an example here, where we are all customers, if not also salespeople of software. Not only do they give you the ease of use when you're using the product, but it will be painful and cumbersome for you to stop using the product. That's what makes them so good. That's when you know someone is good at enmeshing themselves with your world. It's when it'll be really difficult, not not only easy to start using, because it's easy to pretty much use any app. Anyone who you know, does good you know, user experience can figure out an app to make it easy for you to install it and start using it. But how hard would it be for you to stop using it? That's the question. And that means you're pretty much stuck using it forever. Not really stuck, but pretty much stuck because you don't want to do all that extra work. If you don't want to do that work, then you're pretty much with it. And that's a great business model for the salesperson. Might not be so great for the consumer. That's a different conversation for a different day. I talked about that in episode 1690. But as far as the salesperson, this is what you want to aim for. You want to make it really hard for someone to want to leave because it would just be too much work. They might as well just keep paying for it because they're already in. All this said, let's recap today's class, which is how to make yourself valuable to other people. Understand that people do not pay for a price or dollar sign. They pay for value. And value is what something is worth. Worth is relative to the person. And we all have different we all have different measures of what something is worth based on where we are and who we are. So how do you make yourself valuable? Number one, give people what they want. Sometimes what you want to give people and what they want are the same thing. Congratulations to you. But when it's not, you got to figure out how do you work around that, giving them what they want, while at the same time giving them what they need so that they get the results. So they're satisfied on the surface and they get the results, which means they'll come back. That is your job as a salesperson to figure out. Read the seller's mindset. Point number two. Be or do something for people that they cannot get 
anywhere else. This is your unique selling proposition. If you're not the only trainer or only basketball player or only software salesperson in the city, how do you make your offer stand out from everybody else's? And when you figure this out, use it over and over and over again, because if, if it is truly unique, then that's the thing that's going to make you stand out. And the people who actually want that unique thing, that aspect that you're pushing out there, they'll come buy from you and they'll keep buying from you because they can't get you anywhere else. Number three, and mess yourself into the minds and worlds of the people that you want to persuade. In a marketing world, they say, know your customer better than your customer knows themselves. And the better you know them, the better you can meet their needs, anticipate their needs, sell them more of the things they need and make them happy. And everybody wins because they'll buy from you. You make the money and everybody is, you know, everything's working great. It's a seamless situation. Look at a company like Apple. Look at Google. Look at Facebook. These companies have all done a great job of enmeshing themselves into the worlds of their target consumers. And the way that you know this is because of how hard it would be for you to stop using their products. Not how easy it is to start, but how hard it would be to stop. That's when you know you're enmeshed into what somebody else is doing. That is a great business model. You can figure out how to enmesh yourself into the worlds of your target audience. They will never leave because they can't get what you offer anywhere else. And it'll be painful to painful for them to even try looking. Send me a text. If you want to get my daily motivation text, go straight to your phone every day. My number is 305-384-6894. Work on your game university for all coaching needs, all courses, working with me one-on-one, all work on your game university.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.